Thank you, O Holy Trinity, for giving us the blessing of your name. Amen. With apologies to Shakespeare, a rose would not be just as sweet by any other name. Names matter. Think about when you're watching a movie and you see a familiar face and you just can't let it go until you remember the actress's name. Or how about a child getting into a little bit of trouble? The adult will ask, what's your name? Because when you have someone's name, there is a sense of power that comes with it. And so how glorious it is that out of God's grace and love for us, we know the name of our salvation, Jesus. It is as that old hymn puts it, how sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It soothes our sorrows, heals our wounds, and takes away our fears. Every January 1st is the Feast of the Holy Name. And it's just pure coincidence that it is also New Year's Day. But how fitting it is that every year begins with a celebration of the salvation that we have in Jesus' name. Now, the reason why we celebrate this feast today is that today is the eighth day of Christmas. We heard it in the reading from Luke. It was on the eighth day that Jewish male children were circumcised and then given a name. Being circumcised was a marker of the family's faithfulness to the covenant with Abraham. And as the child was brought into this promise, they were given a name. So since Christmas is always December 25th, that makes January 1st always the eighth day. This year, it just so happens that January 1st is a Sunday, and so it gets more attention than it would as if today were a Tuesday. But there are two points that I want to make about the holy name of Jesus. The first is to reflect on the blessing of this name, and the second is to see ourselves as being brought into this holy name. The blessing of the holy name is seen in the blessing that Aaron spoke in Numbers. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now, one thing to make very clear about this passage, and really all of the Bible, is that you is in the plural. Now, I know that y'all is not really considered scholarly or erudite, but our understanding of Scripture really would be a lot better if Bible translators were more comfortable with it and if they would write things for us like the Lord bless y'all and keep y'all because that is exactly what it says. But we get into so much trouble when we read Scripture as a message written to us as individuals, because then immediately it turns into me versus them interpretations. But the Bible and this blessing are about all of us. And it's no accident that this prayer begins with the Lord bless you, not God bless you, because the Lord is not some generic name for a deity. When we find it in scripture, in all capital letters, Lord means that it is translating the divine name of the God of Israel, the proper name that God gave to Moses at the burning bush. Now, most faithful Jews, even to this day, will not attempt to pronounce this name 
because of its holiness. But instead, when they're reading in Hebrew and they get to that word, they say Hashem, the name. This blessing is rooted in God's very name. And this is made even clearer when after giving the wording of this blessing, the Lord says, so they shall put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Just knowing the holy name of the Lord is a blessing unto itself. Because a name brings you into a relationship. And in being in a relationship with the Prince of Peace, with our Good Shepherd, with the Alpha and the Omega is where all blessings flow from. Now today we tend to think of a blessing as a nice set of words. At the end of every liturgy, the priest pronounces a blessing. But what do we think is actually happening at that moment? Is the blessing just a nice way to summarize everything and then remind us what we're supposed to do when we go out into the world? Hardly. Think about when someone today asks for a blessing. It could be when someone approaches a parent asking for the blessing of marrying their child. Now, this person is not asking if the parents will say a couple of nice words at the wedding. No, they are asking to be welcomed into the family, to be supported in their marriage, to be entrusted to care for this person's child. And if that blessing is not given, well, there's going to be some trouble. That's the sort of blessing that Numbers is talking about, a solemn and deliberate act by which specific and concrete opportunities and advantages are granted. A blessing is a tangible thing, something either we have or do not have. Consider back in Genesis when Jacob and Esau are struggling over their father Isaac's blessing. When Jacob tricks his father and steals the blessing of the eldest son from Esau, there is nothing Isaac can do about it. He cannot take the blessing back, and he cannot issue a second blessing, because these are not just words. They are actual things. And so when the Lord blesses us, it is not empty speech. It is what scholars call a speech act. They are words that accomplish something. Think about when a priest stands right here and says, I now pronounce you husband and wife, and it is so. Or when an umpire yells, strike three, that batter is out, like it or not. When the judge pronounces not guilty, there is freedom that comes with those words. And so having the blessing, blessing of the Almighty given to us means that God is giving us all that we need to flourish, life, joy, health, family, and land. The blessing is a pronouncement that God is on our side, and that means that we are never alone, never abandoned, never without hope. And the Lord intends to keep us, to guard and protect us in this belovedness. Though the world will challenge us and we will doubt ourselves, God is always on our side. This is further illustrated when the prayer notes that the Lord's face will shine on us and that divine favor will be upon us. God is turned towards us, always searching for us when we are lost, always welcoming us back into the arms of mercy, always feeding us from the abundance of God's daily bread. 
And the result of having this blessing of the Lord's name put on us is, as the prayer says, grace and peace. Grace means that God loves us because God has chosen to love us. And there is nothing that we can do to ever lose that love. And peace is about being fulfilled completely. As St. Augustine famously wrote, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. Well, by being blessed by God, we are given an entrance into that peace that passes all understanding, that love that makes all things well, that mercy that covers over our sins, that eternal life that is stronger than even death. And this is true because the powerful and majestic name of God has been given to us. In Christmastide, we celebrate that the Lord took on flesh and was born among us. And not only are we blessed in being told that the Lord's face shines on us, but in Jesus we have seen that face and we have a name to go with that face. The name of Jesus is derived from the Hebrew name Joshua, which means the Lord saves. So Jesus' name literally is salvation. That wondrous name of love has been given to us. We are baptized into Jesus and his name becomes our name. That's the second point to cherish this morning. After we say the creed, we will use the litany of the holy name. Yes, it's a little bit long, but it is just a fraction of the full grandeur of the name of Jesus. As we pray the litany, let those names of Jesus wash over you. Hear those names as what we have been brought into by God's grace. Listen for which of those names most deeply connects with you. And then use those names for Jesus as a way to pray and draw closer to him. Throughout the New Testament, St. Paul uses a particular phrase to describe what it means to be a Christian. He says that we are in Christ. As we heard in the reading from Galatians, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son to redeem us so that we might receive adoption as children. In adoption, we've been given the family name, the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we have a share of the family inheritance of grace, mercy, and peace. There is such power in remembering that we are in Christ, that the name of God's love and salvation has been made known to us and given to us in Jesus. Jesus is such a comforting, mighty, and gracious name. The name of Jesus reminds us that we are loved that we are redeemed, that we are chosen, that we are empowered. With the name of Jesus, we can stand up against injustice. In the name of Jesus, we can be confident that we have been forgiven. In the name of Jesus, we trust that death has been defeated. In the name of Jesus, we have courage and hope to face whatever comes our way. Because the name that has made all things has been given to us to call on, to trust in, and to carry as our own. There is an ancient prayer called the Jesus Prayer that I would commend to you on this New Year's Day and the Feast of the Holy Name. Lord Jesus Christ, 
have mercy on us. Yes, reading the Bible every day or having healthier lifestyles, those are good things. But no resolution is going to save us because we've already been redeemed. So instead of setting goals for 2023, how about if instead we rest in the peace and love of Jesus' name? Use the Jesus prayer to surround yourself with the grace of God. Repeat the Jesus prayer when you are struggling with something or sitting in traffic or getting ready for bed. We have been given a tremendous gift at Christmas, receiving the holy name of Jesus as our salvation. It is a name that blesses us and makes us children of God. The Jesus prayer is a gift of our tradition, allowing us to be steeped in and surrounded by the holy name of Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on us.